Man, well, it's great to have you guys here this morning, and uh, we are getting ready to launch a new sermon series. And before we jump into the sermon series, I wanted to just take a moment to walk through a little bit of a family chat, all right? So a little bit of a family chat. We do this usually once or maybe twice a year where we give you kind of a big update on some things going on. I just thought it'd be good to sort of dovetail all these since they're all coming together at once right now anyway, all right? So a little bit of a family chat. We'll start first with me. Quick update. So for those of you who maybe have just started with us in the past couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months, you may not have heard all of this, but um, I have gone through several uh, brain surgeries, one back in 2013, one in 2015, and one back in April here of 2018. So I just finished that surgery up, and praise God, energy's all coming back and doing great. Uh, took a little bit longer than the other two times to recover this time. That is not because I'm getting old, right? <laughs> I don't know why that is actually, but it took a little longer to recover this time around. And uh, as I was doing the recovery piece, the energy's coming back, dizziness now gone and uh, really in a great spot and uh, getting ready to rock for this year. Also was able to get sermon calendar prepped for the next year during that time. So praise God for all of that. We're in a great spot. Amen. Thanks. Yeah. Amen. Praise God for that. So here's the deal. Quick update. When they went in to do the surgery back in April, there was a little piece, a little bit of a mass that they had to leave that was attached to the carotid artery. They knew that. They were aware of that. So coming out of that, we had some decisions we were going to have to make over the summer. So I had an MRI done this past week, and uh, we talked with the doctors and got some detailed info on that. And we will be meeting tomorrow morning with uh, the gamma knife radiation specialist to talk through their thoughts on going after trying to hit that little piece that's left and try to end this beast. And all of God's people said, <laughs> right? That's our thought right now. So we're going to talk with them tomorrow, 8 a.m. You can be praying for that conversation. Whatever comes off of that will probably move fairly quickly, and uh, we will keep you updated in the course of time on that. All right, so that's a little bit of what's going on with me. Uh, what about the broader front of what's going on here at this harvest? And we've talked in the past about an organization that we were looking to partner with. And some of you may remember, but a little bit over a year ago, uh, James McDonald, Pastor James McDonald, who pastors Harvest Bible Chapel Elgin, ended up stepping back from the fellowship. Okay, now I want to be really careful with terms here. So the Harvest Bible Fellowship is a collection or an organization of all the different harvests. We have a friendship with each other. doesn't have authority into the church but it's a partnership. That's what was going on. And so it was a collection of friendships, if you will, because we are an independent church. Everybody say we're independent. Okay, super important. We grasp that. We have our own pastoral staff and our own elder board and our own financials and all that stuff. But uh, we did partner with a number of the different harvests, okay? Well, as James ended up stepping back because of load and some other things going on there, as he decided to step back, that was his decision as he stepped out of the fellowship that left a bit of a vacuum in there. And uh, over the course of that summer, the Harvest Bible Fellowship did dissolve as a 501c3. Okay, so that organization is no more, right? But I'm telling you, there's a lot of like-minded churches and there's a lot of harvests out there. And we were super fired up about staying connected with them. And we're like, man, let's, let's still have something, and so we worked through that, and some of you may remember if you were around last year, I was on a board that was helping form that. That organization became uh, the Great Commission Collective, the GCC, 
And the Great Commission Collective was trying to rally back together whatever harvest wanted to, to try to keep that friendship and that like-mindedness going, all right? And that worked really well. In fact, we're right now at about 100 churches that are a part of that organization, and we're moving forward with that organization and doing a lot with them. So James is still the pastor up at Elgin. He is still doing ministry uh, in whatever ways that church sees fit, but we are partnering as this church sees fit and with the GCC as we move forward, okay? So we're super fired up about that. We've got a number of different connections that go on. It allows us to do things like missions trips, uh, training elements, helping out with eldership and getting elders put into place and uh, being able to even do church plants. And you know, we did three plants back in Haiti here in the winter spring, and there's a number of plants going on. And so we're super fired up about getting involved in all those things beyond our church walls. All right. And uh, so, so what does that really look like? And uh, what's it going to look like for our church to partner in? And I thought I would just throw up a few examples of what's been going on this summer already, all right? The first one, Harvest Bible Chapel in Jamaica, in Jamaica, and that's actually in Spanish Town, Jamaica. And so uh, we have the, that's actually not the logo, ignore that logo. We, <laughs> uh, so we have uh, Jamaica that's coming up, and they're going to be planting in the November time frame. We actually sent, is it up now? Okay. And that is the one. And... Uh, so we are actually uh, excited about what's going on there. Harvest Bible Chapel, Turks and Caicos. It's not often you get to say these names, right? And uh, so Turks and Caicos is planting Jamaica. We help partner by sending a missions team down. We sent a bunch of our college students down there and a few adults as well, and they ran a VBS down there. They don't even have the church running yet, and they had over 120 kids show up on the last day. They had several dozen kids get saved, and uh, there's a lot going on down there. So there's going to be a lot to be praying for in Jamaica. They're coming up with something. We actually did a mission trip to partner with them. Uh, here's another one. Harvest Bible Chapel, St. Louis, South St. Louis. And uh, actually today, right now, we have Pastor Steve McGinnis down there, as well as one of our elders, Steve Hutton, and they are helping them launch and plant their elders. They're installing them today. So the elders have been going through some training on their own and doing their pieces of uh, kind of getting familiar with their responsibilities and getting after it. And now Steve's down there kind of shaping the morning, giving a little bit of a preach, and then they're praying over their elders to be able to help install them. So we're uh, helping South St. Louis out. They've been going for a very short time, about a year and a half. They're running a little bit over 125 to 140, somewhere in there kind of people and getting things up and rocking. So we're excited about them and what's going on. Can you feel what's going on? There's like harvests out there and things going on and we're trying to partner with in whatever ways we can to help be a family along the way, all right? And uh, one more I wanted to bring up, speaking of family, is Pastor Abraham. And I'm going to ask you to come on up. If you could hand me the mic here, babe. Thank you. And uh, why don't you take this, Pastor Abraham. This is Pastor Abraham, the senior pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Jack Mel. And uh, amen, man. Love you, bro. Yeah. And uh, so glad to have you here. And uh, you can tell we talk about you. People know of you. I'm just telling you the things in Haiti yeah. would not be going on without this man and his availability. Love you, dude. So much. So proud of you. 
So, uh, Pastor Abraham is actually in town for a very other reason. He is dropping his son, Luke, off, who's going to be staying uh, in this area through the year and going to college in this area, and, uh, but we're taking advantage of getting you up front. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, just a couple of questions. If you could help us understand, there's a lot going on in Haiti. Uh, how can we be praying for the nation of Haiti in the middle of all the political unrest? What could you share with us there? Morning Harvest. So, so it's a pleasure to be worshiping the Lord with you here. Uh, in Haiti now, we would ask you to continue to pray for this nation because it's a nation that needs God. So our government, and they're very selfish. They're not really, they are not really serving the nation. They're serving themselves. And that creates uh, frustration among, among the, us, among the country. And that's why he, last, last month there was a protest against the government. Now the, govern, the, the president has chosen a non-prime minister, and uh, the government now is forming. We're praying that God can be the center of life so that they can be servant uh, leaders to serve the nations. Pray for this nation and pray for the government to so the Lord that can work in their heart and they can see them as servant leaders, not as selfish leaders. Amen. Well said, man. Appreciate that. Pray for that for our country as well. And, uh, and, uh, but appreciate that. Definitely be praying. This country is in crisis right now and a lot of transition going on. How can we be praying for your church specifically and your outreach into the area? Uh, we would, la- would like to ask you, as you've been praying for us, keep praying for Hava Jacmel and other churches that we are coaching in Haiti, all of the Harvest Babo Chapel in Haiti. For Harvest Jacmel, I would love you pray for this church, for the youth, the young people, the kids' ministry, and for the body of the church. We, uh, most of our young are like transitioning, transitioning in Haiti because... Uh, they are looking for studies overseas, outside, and there's a lot of, you know, deep situation, economic situation. So people are looking for opportunities that is removing some people among the church because they're going to other larger cities for studies, for opportunities, for work, and so on. So we need to keep praying for this church and so that God can keep working in us and use us for his glory. So we're now looking also to, to recruit a, a youth pastor, like a college student pastor. So we pray that God can bring us a good servant leader to help us embrace the vision of making high-quality disciples in this nation. Amen. Appreciate it, bro. Love the vision. Let me just pray for you real quickly here. Lord God, we love Pastor Abraham. Lord, we love what you're doing in the nation of Haiti. And we are humbled that we have to, the opportunity to do anything of a little role with it. And Lord, we're in awe of seeing what you do. 
Now, Lord, we just cry out for this nation. Lord, may you give a selflessness to the leadership. May you give them an understanding of who you are. Lord, we would love to hear that the organization from top down is rocked by the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may you move in this nation. From the small to the big, may you bring a hope. And Lord, we pray for Harvest Jack Mel. May you bring a, an understanding and a growth. Lord, may the children's ministries get stronger and stronger, more and more vibrant. Lord, we just pray for this um, new pastor that is looking to be brought in for the youth and the college ministries. Lord, we just pray that you would bring an unbelievable passion and servant-heartedness in this man. And Lord, we long to see Harvest Jack Mel be an anchor point in Haiti. And Lord, we pray for so many to be able to stay and commit to the nation, commit to the community, and commit to one another, all for your fame and your name and your glory. We look for you to do amazing things, and we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you hang up here with me for a second, Pastor Abraham? And I am going to ask Aaron and Jess to come on up along with our elders, all right? Pastor Larry, come up as well, who is Aaron's boss, yeah. and, uh, and watch over you. No. So, all right, good to have you guys here. Uh, we just wanted to give one last announcement to you guys, all right? We are a church planting church. We're super fired up about that, and we're excited to participate in a number of dis- different ways, sometimes in missions trips, sometimes in training or launching eldership elements. Uh, sometimes in being able to bring them in and speak with them or plant with them, and in this case also being able to send out for helping a plant. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Aaron is actually on our worship team. Aaron is a worship coordinator. If you don't recognize him, it's because he shaved last week. And uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, I walked in, I was like, we have a new guy up front. I don't know who he is. And then I got to meet Aaron. I just kept the mustache. (laughs) All right, good deal, yeah. So uh, it's great to have these guys. Aaron is worship coordinator. He has just knocked it out of the park for us in a number of ways up front on Sundays, but his main role being in the student ministries and helping out there and just bringing a ton of passion and uh, fire. And uh, these guys are from Michigan, and there's a sweet opportunity there. So I am just going to ask Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about the opportunity and some of what's going on. Share with us how we can be praying for that piece. Yeah, so Jess and I are going to be going to... uh, Fremont, Michigan. We're going to be planting a new harvest there. Um, It's going to be a church plant out of Harvest Bible Chapel, Spring Lake. Uh, We're going to be planting with our good friends, uh, Eric and Jenny Klingel. Eric Klingel will be the lead pastor. His wife will be there with us. We actually did our premarital counseling with them back in the the day and uh, did a little bit of postmarital counseling, if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) So we are actually really good friends with them. Uh, they're a t- we're really tight with them. There's a lot of trust, Bill. We know the strengths, the weaknesses of each other. This is going to be an awesome partnership. Um, our elder board, we have Brian Beeman up at Harvest North Muskegon. He's a lead pastor there. At Harvest Spring Lake, we have an elder. His name is Calvin Wissen. He's a lead pastor there. And then the executive pastor, Phil Basalia, he'll be our elder as well. So we have some awesome, awesome leadership there, some strength there, um, and it's an amazing opportunity to be planting a new harvest to see what the Lord is going to be doing, to trust that he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And uh, amen, amen. We're so excited. 
And I just want to say I love you guys. It has been such an amazing opportunity and privilege, and I'm going to cry because we love you so much. Uh, but thank you from the bottom of our heart for letting us serve and worship with you guys uh, for the past two and a half years. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, bro. Love you. Yeah. Love you too. Yeah. Launch date, approximate, not set in stone, but potentially is? Yeah. December 2nd. Okay, so somewhere right there at the beginning of December, and uh, just be praying for Harvest Fremont and uh, the skill set that Aaron has in pulling together team and the passion for Jesus Christ and leading worship, love all of that. But this is not just a single man being sent, this is a fam, and uh, we love you guys. So Jess, I'm not going to look at you now, and uh, we love you guys so much, and uh, we just want to ask Jess if you could give us a few things we could be praying for for you and for the fam. Yeah, if I can, you know... Um, yeah, I think just number one, like, uh, for the Lord to just be moving in Fremont and preparing the hearts of the people there and also us, I think we kind of don't know what we're getting into yet. And it's a big, yeah, a big job that we totally are so confident the Lord is calling us into, but, um, just asking him to continue to prepare our hearts and, you know, protect us from, I don't know, just protection, I think for our family. And then um, I think just Eric and Jenny as the pastor and just how, just our help to them, I think, just words right now. I can't, John is tears. <laughs> um, and then I think just our family transition and just um, changing our lives in a big way. And we have such a sweet community here that the Lord has just like really, really blessed us with. And um, we, it's going to be a big transition. We're so excited and like, it's so bittersweet. So just, just a transition in friendships and, um, just for the Lord to sustain these friendships here too. Amen. No, I love the word bittersweet. That is so true of church planting. Steve, I'm going to hand you that mic and, and, uh, church planting, man, we are super fired up about Jesus Christ being made much of. We long to see things go and grow. And at the same time, uh, we hate to say goodbye. And uh, you guys have just become a sweet part of our family in this community and have so many connections and so important. So we love you and uh, we're gonna miss you, but we're super excited about what God's gonna be able to do through you, okay? So why don't we do this? Why don't we have you guys kneel down here and we're gonna pray over you as elders and pastors, all right? Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we are so thankful for this time that we've had with Aaron and Jeffs as part of our body. Uh, Lord, uh, certainly, Lord, they're going to be greatly missed, and uh, Lord, it's not without tears that uh, we send them off, uh, but Lord, we're so excited about your hand in this, Lord, the, the clarity that they have, Lord, about going to something that they're being clearly called out to, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray now for them uh, very specifically uh, as they move to new roles within this ministry. We pray for Aaron, Lord, uh, that uh, you will help as both uh, uh, a worship team leader and a member of this core team, Lord, that uh, he will be able to bring forward into that setting, uh, Lord, a culture and a walk and a faithfulness, Lord, uh, that will so clearly reflect you, Lord. And uh, we very specifically now, again, Lord, we pray for the core team that they're joining. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you will continue to draw those believers, Lord, that you desire to have on that team, that you will keep this team strong, Lord. And we pray this 
for this late fall, uh, for this December launch, Lord. Uh, again, draw people to this church, Lord. We just pray that uh, it will have a strong launch, Lord, uh, that uh, your word and worship of you, Lord, will be so clear and, Lord, will be so powerful. But, Lord, we just pray for this transition for this couple. We love them, Lord. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to, to pray over and to pray for um, Aaron and Jess. And I pray, Father, that uh, for their lives as a husband and wife, I pray that they would walk in a way that's worthy of the calling upon their lives as, as a son and a daughter of yours. I pray that they would acknowledge you in, in every way. And uh, Lord, that as they just continue to lead well, that you would provide for them. Um, I pray, Lord, that as they discern your will, that you would give them great clarity as a, as a family, as a husband and a wife. Lord, we pray that uh, for Aaron, that he would lead well in the home, that for Jess, that you would just allow her to, to just thrive and, and to grow as, as a woman of God and as a wife and as a mother. Uh, we pray for this family and we pray for their son, Bear, and pray that you would use this couple in a powerful way as they just go about doing your work in your way that they might bring all the glory and praise to you. And Father, I ask that you would just watch over the family, place a hedge of protection around them. May the enemy not have opportunity in any way to disrupt or to bring any chaos or hurt or harm to this family, but Lord, you would provide for them in ways that just go beyond understanding, but only to be able to say, Lord, it is by your grace and your mercy that you're providing for them. Father, we love this family. And we thank you for them. Thank you for the impact that they've had upon our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to use them, that they might make much of you in everything that they do. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Huge deal. As we partner together uh, individually, as families, as churches, may Jesus Christ get all the glory. And all of God's people said, that's what it's all about, man. Committed to the King. And there's going to be a variety of things we're called to and through that Jesus Christ might get all the glory. And so we're going to take just a few weeks here in this sermon series called Committed to the King, three weeks where we're going to walk through what does it look like for me to begin to get set to be all in, committed to the king. And uh, today we're going to launch by starting with committed to worship, uh, committed to worship. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And uh, we're going to get started here with a talk about worship in the broader sense of the term. You might think of the word worship and think singing, and it's not that worship isn't singing, but it's also so much more than singing, okay? It's singing and, right? Everybody just say and, right? Worship has so much to do with the whole of your life, and we're going to talk through what that looks like for each of us individually. So here we go. Point number one, worship by giving your whole self as a living sacrifice, Worship by giving your whole self as a living sacrifice. He starts out in Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, 
Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. All right? He starts out, I appeal to you. And as some of your versions say, I beseech you. Or basically, it's I long for you. I urge you. Just so you know, in the original language, this word here is the same word used for what the Holy Spirit does in our lives in urging and encouraging and bringing along. That's what this word means. He's coming alongside and bringing a sense of challenge of what would honor God Almighty. I appeal to you. I urge you. I long for this to be true. I'm encouraging you to go after this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore. And when we see the therefore, we say, Right? What's the therefore, therefore? This is a connecting word. Make sure you always see that as you're reading through Scripture, watching for these details. This connecting word is connecting back uh, to chapters 1 through 11 on one level. It's the whole of Romans coming before it. And he's been able to deliver up so far this statement. Man, we are in dire need. Man, we have sin in our lives and there's things going on and stuff that is train wrecked and we have come up short. But God's got a plan and he's working at it. In Jesus Christ, he died on the cross and he rose again. And we can have life through his mercy, through his grace, as God pours on what we do not deserve. As he declares out, this one is righteous. When in fact, we aren't anywhere near it. And he's declaring out, this one is righteous. Angels looking on going, I don't see it, right? And he's like, hang on, now watch me do it in them. God doing a work of unbelievable mercy. This is all in Romans chapters 1 through 11. And we have life and we have hope and we have a God who's on our behalf and he's fighting with us and he's fighting for us. And he's like, because of that, right, therefore. But more than just that, if you go right back to the verse right before chapter 12, the end of chapter 11, Talking about Jesus Christ here, right? It says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. We have a God who from him, through him, and to him are all things. Uh, How many things? That's a lot of things, man. Right? There isn't one thing you're a part of that isn't from God, through God, and back to God. To him be the glory. Like, that's what it's all about. Jesus Christ being lifted up. Him being at the center of it all. And he's like, therefore, this is how we should react to that truth. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God. In the plural form, him pouring on blessing to us. Him giving us what we do not deserve. I'm telling you, when God says, I declare this one righteous... Well, get, because that's not because we are in ourselves righteous, right? You get that, right? Some of you are like, I don't know, man. I think I'm pretty close. Not even close, right? We are way off from it, and yet God's pouring it in and lavishing it on. Mercies poured in that we do not deserve as he holds back punishment and lavishes on grace giving. It says, by the mercies of God. What are, is it, what are we called to do? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Present your bodies as a living 
sacrifice. You available to your God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, we got to be careful with this. Don't think of this like we do kind of in Western mindset thought or even Greek mindset thought, sort of the, the body is sort of the encapsulation, and then there's the inside, the body's the container, and then the inner. It's not saying just give them the container, right? This is actually more like a Hebrew mindseted thought, holistic, all connected together. If you're giving the body, then the heart's invested into that. It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the hands and the feet move. It's all in. All of me inside, connected to my outside, being handed over to God. May he take charge. This is about body and mind. This is about body and inner soul. And we'll see more of that come up in verse 2 in just a second. But he's like, make sure you are presenting your everything. All of inside and outside to your God. And uh, please hear me. This is not make the outside look like something's going on and fake it. And then when you get home, the real stuff comes out. Everybody say, not that. Right? We have to be really careful. It is so easy as we sit down in a church service or when we read God's word and we get a clear statement of what he wants from us, for us to immediately and instantly start trying to muscle that change and go after it and force it. And I'm just saying, please don't get caught up in the making it look like. No faking it. May God get all the glory. Okay? Lord, take over in my soul. Lord, change me from the inside out. God, I'm giving you my everything. All of what's inside and all of what's outside. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. And just so we're clear, Paul is actually using, ready? He's kind of using cultic terms here. He's like, there were people who were giving things to idols. They were presenting things to idols, and they were actually giving sacrifices to idols. And he's like, I'm going to use those same words, and we're going to talk about it in a whole different language. He's like, yes, you need to present your whole body. Present it over to God Almighty. And yes, as a sacrifice, but even as Old Testament called out for sacrifice, just so you know, those sacrifices were dead right? And he's like, yeah, those sacrifices, there was a life for a life, blood given for sin, whatever it might be. But here, we're not talking about your body given over in death. We're talking about a living sacrifice. Jesus Christ, he died on the cross and he rose again. He is my payment. It's covered in full, man. I owe nothing. He's like, hear me. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. You get to give him you as a living sacrifice, alive because Jesus Christ bought it, paid for it, and he's alive. And all of God's people said, huge man, that we grasp this. Jesus Christ, he is King of kings, he is Lord of lords, he is God Almighty, and he has bought and paid and he has risen from the dead, and I trust him. May I hand him my life in full. May I give it to him as a living sacrifice. He said, give it to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Holy and acceptable to God. Live for him 
holy and acceptable. Live for, everybody just say, live for him. Live for him, man. I'm talking in every facet of your life. I mean, when you wake up on Tuesday morning and you're getting ready to go to work, that means go to work and be the best nurse you could ever be. Be the best doctor you could ever be. Be the best garbage man you could ever be. Be the best engineer you could ever be. Be the best business owner you could ever be. Not for your glory and fame, but for Jesus Christ. May every word that you say, may every action that you do recognize, I serve a king of the universe right now. And as I do this job, I long for him to be glorified. Whatever task you're invested into for your day, whatever work looks like, make sure you know this first and foremost. You are a child of the living God. Live for him. Each breath, each statement, each moment, each action, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to your God. And uh, Some of you might be like, holy and acceptable? I thought Romans 3 was pretty clear that we weren't that, right? That we've come up short and and uh, we need to make sure we understand that the work of Jesus Christ in our lives allows God to declare over us what he's now going to be doing in us. And yes, you, as you trust in Jesus as your Savior, are holy and acceptable. You, treated as that, set apart, absolutely covered, sin-managed, God looking to do an amazing work in you and through you holy and acceptable. Praise be to God. That's a huge deal, man. Psalm 51 verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. A broken and contrite heart, you will not despise. As you get yourself broken and humble before God and you're handing it to him, God loves that gift. You working with him. Are you ready to live your next day and week for your God? I mean, really picture what it looks like. Think of your week right now. You're like, I really don't want to do that. (laughs) Just think your week, some of what you got going on. Just a few things that you have going on this week in your busyness. Picture that. Got your calendar. Now what does it look like for you to walk into that moment saying... I am here as a child of God. I am here because he has gifted me with certain gifts. He has skilled me with certain skills. He has structured me and provided for me. And so I am here, God, for your glory. Because from you and through you and to you are all things, including this thing. I'm handing this to you. Okay? Make sure you're ready to live this week for him. And all of God's people said, he says here, which is your spiritual worship, which is your spiritual worship. And in fact, some of yours say, which is your reasonable service. And just so you know, those two words there can be translated a couple ways. So spiritual or reasonable or, or rational, those all are correct in that. And then the other one of worship or service, both of those are true. So it could be spiritual worship. It could be spiritual service, reasonable worship. Here's what he's trying to say in it when you put the words together. The word there for spiritual is actually logikos. Can you hear it? Like logical. 
reasonable, considering what you know about who Jesus Christ is and all that he's doing for you, the next step makes so much sense, right? Considering all that you know, and so what you know is very spiritual truth. The context screams for the spiritual to be rising up in it. So reasonable and spiritual, absolutely, and service as you lay it down for your God. Lord, what do you want done? I'm handing this to you. Please hear me. The word worship there is not one hour each Sunday, right? It is not. It is all week long, 24-7. In fact, I'll even say this. It's especially, ready? Some of you are not going to like the words I'm about to say. It is especially the close song of the Sunday service. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of you are like, nope, Jesus told me that's for getting my kids. And it's not, man. <laughs> Stay with us, man. We are bringing it to a... All right, maybe that was a little unfair, but I'm just saying, here's the bottom line. The, bo the bottom line is, we are walking through God's word saying, shape me. And at the end of it, we have a moment for you to stand up and saying, yes, that. I'm in. Take this. No messing around, God. It's time. Right now, I'm putting an anchor down. Let's go. And it's your chance to share back with your God spiritual worship, reasonable service. I'm in, God. May you take my everything. And all of God's people said, Amen. starts there and goes the whole rest of the week as you go after him. Launch into your week off of that close song, man. Make it happen. Spiritual worship, reasonable service, living Sacrifice. These are awesome phrases. And uh, Lord, help me to be that in my life. And, uh, here's what I love as we talk about being committed. Um, this church is so committed. And uh, this past several weeks, we've been talking about backpacks and getting them out to some kids in need. And, and uh, we try to reach out from Peoria over to Morton and some of the things going on. And, and, uh, just so you know, really important that you understand how much we appreciate your giving nature. I mean, we started this just a couple weeks ago with school pinching in and some of the schools launching early. We got to do this fast now. So we have like a couple of week window we're hitting where we've got the list of supplies and we can go after it. And man, two weeks ago, we were just starting out. Last week, we were at 200 and we ended up the week with 630 some backpacks, man. Praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> And that's a big deal, man. These backpacks aren't cheap and getting the stuff and supplies in them and you guys providing those out made it available so that we could reach into this community. We had two hours straight. We had lines wrapped all over the building by 7.20 in the morning on Saturday and they were getting their backpacks and their supplies and we were providing in to families who could not provide. You can see some of the shots here of all the backpacks and the people and the lines and the little kids loving getting to pick out their backpack and be able to to take that home. Man, you are a part of that. You get it. You're going after it as you give into this. And we had a ton of volunteers that showed up to help be a part of it as well. Thank you so much as a church for having that understanding of God, use me. Lord, there's a need. I'm ready to jump in. All right? 
awesome. And now I just ask you this. Let's make sure we're not that just on the one moment here or there, but Lord, now what does that look like in my workplace? What does that look like in my family? What does that look like with my spouse or my boyfriend or my girlfriend? What does that look like, Lord, with my friendship crew? How do I begin to take these steps for you? Show me, Lord. May I give you this body full on, inside and out. Do through me what you need done. May you get all the glory. And all of God's people said, so simple question, are you in? Let's not just hear it. Let's think it. Let's get it. Let's go after it. Are you in? Are you ready to say, God, I'm ready to give you my all? Number two, worship by being transformed and allowing God to lead. Worship by being transformed and allowing God to lead. We start out in verse two. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. Are you hearing it? There's still the same root there, but do not be conformed, but be transformed. In fact, when you look at the original language, two very different words. The word conformed, it means do not just let the outside exteriors be shaped and pushed by the world. The world is pushing in, man. And the goal of the world is to say, make it all about you. Don't make it all about your God. Make it all about you. It starts pushing on and pressing in, and all of a sudden, we start shaping our attitudes and our actions to look like those around us in the world. And he's like, don't do it. Don't track with what the world's doing. Forget that. We're not going to conform to the pressures that are coming from the outside. Lord, don't let me be shaped externally by the world. May I be shaped internally by you. Lord, may you take over. He's like, be transformed. and uh, Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Remember, we talked about the body in verse 1. Now we're talking about the mind in verse 2. He's like, it's all of you, man. And the renewal of your mind. As you begin to have the Holy Spirit's glory pour over and change you, you begin to look more like Christ from the inside out. From the inside out. That's a huge deal. As you begin to worship him, as you see something of who he is for from him and through him and to him, that kind of verse, and you just stop and you camp on it, everything's created by you, God, from him. Everything is blessed by you, God. I don't take one more breath without you through him. And everything is to be lived back to you and your glory to him. God, may it be all about you. As you begin to take those moments of camping out and worshiping him, spend a moment seeing the big God in scripture and then take that moment back to your God and thank him and praise him. As you're thanking him and praising him, his glory starts pouring on 2 Corinthians 3 and literally you begin to experience transformation. Please hear me. Transformation does not come by you trying to make it and fake it. Transformation is not, well, I heard I'm supposed to be, so here I go, right? That usually lasts anywhere from a second to a handful of weeks, and then it's done. And uh, 
Faking and pushing and trying to manage self is not the plan. We call that muscling it around here, right? It's God may you do the work. And I'm telling you, he does the work as you let him get after it. Please notice it says, be transformed. Be transformed. So let's talk about that a little bit. First, it's in the passive form. Let this happen. It doesn't say transform yourself. Everybody say it doesn't say that. It doesn't say transform yourself. It says be transformed. Passive form, allow this to happen to you. Second, it's in the command form. Do this. Think about that. A command and the passive. That gets a little difficult. Like, what am I supposed to allow this? There's a word you can write down that you can go after. Allow this. Thank him, praise him, confess to him. Those are words that go with it as you allow. God, I'm handing my whole self to you. And he starts doing a work. Thank him, praise him, confess to him, and watch God change you. One moment at a time, one degree at a time. And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in a very traditional church. Uh, I heard the rules a lot. Uh, I was raised to do the rules, and I did the rules as much as I could. And uh, the perfectionism was born into me to try to go after it that way. And I'm telling you, it is so frustrating because you know deep down inside you still don't have that. It may look like it to others, but there's edges on that thing, right? It's not as smooth as it looks. And you're trying to fake it through. And, and Lord, what is? I'm telling you the most freeing moment I ever had was when I ran into 2 Corinthians 3 and went, oh my word, it's God's glory changing me, not me. What am I doing? And all of a sudden you start handing this over. It's not that cooperation isn't needed. God doesn't change us against our will. He changes us with our will. That's why this is a command form. Be transformed. Allow yourself Man, down with muscling it, up with allowing God to begin to do a work in you. It's a huge deal that we go after it, and what's right matters, but we long to be there because God's changing our soul. And uh, Come join me as we go after transformation, where God is changing me from the inside out. He says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As your mind begins to grow and be shaped by God, all of a sudden you're able to say no to the flesh more and more. And you're not just muscling it, it's a real God change in you. He says that by testing, in other words, moment by moment, as you begin to reason and think, as you begin to evaluate and check, as you look into this world by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. Are you hearing that? As God transforms you, you begin to grasp the will of God so much more clearly. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I wish I knew the will of God in this? So much of the will of God is just being humble under him and letting him work in you where he wants to be at work. And as he begins to do that work, he begins to reveal out a will for you for the next moment in life or year of life or even decade of life. The will of God being revealed as God transforms in you. They are partnered together. Don't separate them. You will grasp the will of God more when you are transformed all the more by God. And it says, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. 
just in case you were mistaken about what God's will would be, right? What is good and acceptable and perfect, not what is bad and horrible and really imperfect and obviously flawed, right? That's not what God's going after. And all too often, we're like, there's God's will. And we're like, dude, that is really flawed. <laughs> Look at it more carefully. Be cautious. Man, our job is to be able to recognize what is good and acceptable and perfect, what honors God, not me. All too often, we really start thinking God's will is whatever is going to feel best for me. That may not always be the case. God may be walking us on a journey of transformation that takes a little bit of growing time, even a little bit of growing pain. May God get all the glory. And now let's look for the will of God as we allow him to transform us. Right? The first part, man, it's, it's be committed. And the second part, and be transformed. It's dedicated and transformed. And that's where worship starts to rock. Are you ready to be dedicated and are you ready to be transformed? To hand it over to him and say, God, this week I long to see this change. I know that you have died and you have risen and you're doing a work in this world and I barely understand what's going on, but I'm handing it to you. This week, right here, right now, no holding back, with complete abandon, I am throwing myself in, God. I'm in. Lord, do a work in me. Whatever needs to change, may you get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen. I'll just close with this. So years back, when I was in college, I was uh, in need of a car to be able to get back and forth. I lived in the suburbs of Chicago and I was at Wheaton College and I needed to drive and I had a summer job. So I bought a Chevy Nova. And this was way back and it still had a lot of miles on it. This thing was a beast, man. Chevy Nova. In fact, the engine block was barely attached. It was rumbling. I couldn't get much above 45 miles an hour. The dash would start to beat to a rhythm of the engine block and the whole dash was about ready to come off. The steering wheel, you could turn like halfway around and nothing would happen. You'd, you'd have to do a lot of turning. I remember when I was buying it from the guy, I'm like, it seems a little loose. And he's like, what do you want for a hundred bucks? Right? Not a bad argument, right? So I ended up buying this car for a hundred bucks. It looked like a piece of junk and it was a piece of junk. But I took this paint polish and I poured it on and I waxed it down and it came from this kind of uglyish reddish to kind of a poppin' cherry red. It wasn't that bad. Like from a distance, didn't look too bad. And I ended up taking this steel wool and rubbing down the bumpers. And I took some uh, basic rust remover and went on it a little bit. And tried to get some of that stuff off. And I'm telling you, from a distance, that thing looked spit-shined, man. It still didn't have a floorboard in the back seat. <laughs> like, no kidding. If you sat in the back seat and looked down, you better hold your feet up. Like, it was not... It was not a safe car at all. This was before the era of you had to wear seat belts because it wouldn't have worked anyway. This thing, the whole seat would have come out with you. So, like, I mean, this car was junk, but man, I made it look good and it still had the piece of junk inside and I still had no floorboard and the inner parts of the car were still a wreck. May we not be that Christian and all of God's people said. Time for us to hand ourselves over and say, God, it needs a whole new engine block. 
Time to get a new dashboard in. Lord, I need the floorboard completely replaced inside. Everything from the inside out, God, ready for you to do a work. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And all of God's people said, without abandon. Let's pray.